Hey, 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 good morning and welcome to Radio Life Church. I am your host, student ministry pastor Josh. And today, today we have the Krogan family. Give them a hand, give them a hand. And on this side, we have the Renbarger family. Here's what we need to do. This half of the sanctuary, you guys are the biggest Krogan family fans ever. Yeah. So if the Krogans are doing really well this morning, like, you got to let them know. You guys absolutely love the Renbargers. You guys are like, you guys are like, you wake up in the morning and you think, Renbargers, yeah. That's how excited you guys are. We're going to do a little family feud here this morning. A couple of uh, weeks ago, you guys maybe partook in a survey that we did. So now you got to find out what you guys all said in response to that survey. So, I can't remember what family, the Renbargers. <laughs> Renbargers, send us a representative. Krogans, send us a representative. Now let's do a buzzer test. Let's, let's, let's test those buggers out. Now, <laughs> don't answer until I, uh, until I finish the question. If you get the question wrong, you will, uh, you'll hear this sound. <laughs> you don't want to hear that sound. You don't want to hear that sound. All right. Are you guys ready? We surveyed 137 Radiant lifers. We need you to name something that, according to women, men consider more important than marriage. <laughs> what do you got, Ren Barger? Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> All right, next up. Oh, you actually, you get a chance to steal. You get a chance to steal. What do you think? Work is the number two answer. Nice job. Krogan fans. Krogan fans. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's have our next representatives up here. <laughs> very, very sportsman and sports lady-like. That's, that's good. Same prompt. Name something that, according to women, men consider more important than marriage. What do you got, Krogan's? Sports. Sports is the number one answer. All right. It's getting a little bit hostile in here this morning. If babies could talk, not Barbies. If babies could talk, what is something they would ask for? What do you got, Ren Bargers? Baba or bottle. It's like, have you ever had it where your, where your mustache is just falling off? Have you ever, has anyone ever experienced that in life? Number one answer, bottle or food or other assorted things related to that. A, a little delayed there, Ren Barger, cheering section. Let's, let's try to tighten that up a little bit. I just, same question. If babies could talk, 
What is something they would ask for? <laughs> I, I think we're going to have to do a one, two, three reshoot there. One, two, three. <laughs> All right. I, we'll, we'll give you guys a shot. We'll give you guys a shot. What do you think? Mommy. Mommy. All right. Do you want to steal? Yeah. What do you think? Diaper change. Diaper change. Number three answer. Very nice. That's right. That's right. Next up. Oh, there's some fists flying here today. And mustaches. I'm trying to trademark an Insta shave device. Uh, this is a prototype. <laughs> Name an article of clothing that men will wear even with a hole in it. Krogan's underwear is the number two answer. All right, nice. You get a point for that. That's good. That's good. All right, cycle. What? No, I know. We'll, we'll do another round. We'll give everyone another try. Well, that's different. There we go. Sometimes the buzzers stick. Come on up here, Krogans and Renbargers. Are you ready? Are you ready? These things happen sometimes. These things happen. Name it. You wouldn't take me seriously anyway. <laughs> Name an article of clothing that men will wear even with a hole in it. Ooh. Okay, I'm going go, to go uh, socks. 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 Number one answer. Nice. <laughs> Next up. Name a holiday that people... There we go. That's good again. That's right. I've got, it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> Name a holiday that people in the USA get off work. Christmas, number one answer. Very nice. Same prompt. Name a holiday that people in the US get off. What do you guys think? You guys are breaking my buzzers. I'm tempted to just call on them because you broke my buzzer. I don't know. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a shot. What do you think? Independence Day. I'm, see, I'm really stingy with Mike. Yes, 4th of July, number two answer. Very nice. What's our score, Judge? Four and four. Well, it's a good thing this is the last question. Oh, no. You guys... Guys are terrible. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to hide back here. Name something that parents and kids don't usually share the same taste in. Music. Music is the number one answer. And with that, with that, whatever family this is, which one are they? Got? 
And the run marchers win! Give them a hand! Give them a hand! All right, let's give the Krogans a hand, because they did pretty good! They did pretty good! Hey, I want you, as they exit the stage, I want you to turn to a couple of people and say, Dis the bickering! Good morning, friends. Hey, we are on part two of our teaching series, Dysfunction Junction. And Josh, where are you? Egon? Josh? We'll get him in a minute. He took my clicker. Steve Harvey. Hey, you took my clicker. My I <laughs> Anyways, back to here. We are part two of Dysfunction Junction, and one thing we all have in common is we have dysfunction in our families, right? Some of us have more than others. Thank you, sir. Some of us have a lot more than others, but family can be messy. Relationships can be messy. Sometimes it's because we cause it. We just do something stupid or just do something that we regret and we're like, wow, we've created more of the dysfunction ourselves. Other times, it's because of other people. We live in a fallen, sinful, broken world. But one of the most common things that all families have is that we bicker. We feud. In fact, I was doing research this, just this past week on how often does an average person bicker? Here is what the average is in a year. 2,455 times we will bicker. That's just, that's averages about 6.7 times per day. You and I will bicker with a spouse, a kid, a niece or nephew, a grandchild, a coworker or neighbor, 6.7 times per day, you and I bicker. And you know what we bicker about? Some of the most petty, meaningless stuff. For instance, a year or so ago, people bickered over this. The internet sensation of, what color is this dress? Families bickered over it. Coworkers would spend breaks bickering over, that is black and gold. No, it's not. It's blue and gold. It's not even gold. It's black and blue. I don't know what color you think it is. I actually think in reality it's, it's a black and, black and blue dress. Is in reality, that's actually what it is. But we bicker over meaningless things. Things that don't mean anything in the world, but we will feud with each other over this. And this morning, if you have your Bible, if you have your tablet or your phone, will you turn with me to the Newer Testament, to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, and if you don't know where James is, that's why you've got the table of contents in, in the very front of your Bible. Use it, all right? No shame in it. Use it. Find James, and I want to give us a little brief thing about James as you turn there. James is the half-brother to Jesus. Can you imagine being James growing up? James, why can't you be like your brother Jesus? Like, can you imagine maybe what he might have gone through? I can't wait to get to heaven, and I do want to sit down with James and be like, tell me what it was like with mom and dad, right? 
always getting compared to the perfect child in the family, right? And this is you. But James is going to speak to something that you and I sometimes allow to creep into our relationships that cause the dysfunction and bickering and the feuds that you and I experience. James chapter 3, verse 13 begins this way. If you are wise and understands God's way, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are what, friends? If you are bitterly jealous and there is what? In your heart. If you have jealousy and selfishness in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Let me pray for us this morning that we're going to able to walk through what James has to say and allow God to speak to our hearts. Heavenly Father, I just want to first of all thank you for fun. You are the creator. You created fun. I just thank you for that, that we can come in and still worship you through song, have fun, and now hear and worship you through the hearing of your word, through the biblical text. God, I pray this morning that what you have to say to us is not, we don't take it as criticism or I'm not good enough, but we're taking it as the heavenly fathers looking down at us and there's just things in our heart that we got to get out of there that don't look like you. So I pray that our hearts now would be softened to allow your spirit to speak directly on our heart and just tug it in a way that we grow even more this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Hey, turn to someone and tell, tell them, turn or tune up your selfie. Most of us know what a selfie is, right? We take them all the time. We live in a very selfie world right now. I don't even know if that word selfie was around five years ago. Probably not. But do you know they have a science behind taking a selfie? You have to have your arm extended at a 40-degree angle, tilt the phone at a 20-degree angle towards you, and make sure your chin is just right. And some of you, you wrote all the notes you're going to take all morning long right there. <laughs> you're a better selfie taker already, right? But there's an art and a science. And in some way, we are so outwardly focused, are we not? It's about us. We want to take selfies and we got to get the right angle so we look thinner or have this aroma of more beauty or whatever it is. And there is an actual phone app called Face Tune Up that you can go and download, upload a, a photo of yourself, whiten your teeth. You can get your wrinkles out and give you more of a sense of beauty about you, okay? All right, one more time. The app is Face Tune Up, okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, hey, what was that app again? I forgot to write that down. So I don't ever tell you something until I go through it. Would you like to see mine? Yeah. You promise not to laugh. No. So I tried it out. Here's mine. 
It works. It does. I've lost about half the women right now. Can you just leave that up the whole time? But the thing is, so often we're worried about our outside. And James says, hold on. You've got two things in your heart that you're allowing to creep in. And these things are not of God. In fact, here's, here's the two things that he says. You've got jealousy and selfish ambition. You allowed those two things to come into your heart, and now it's affecting your relationship. Think of your sphere of relationship from your family to your extended family to coworkers and your neighborhoods and your teammates on the sports field. Where have you let this creep in? That you're going to walk around and say, you know what, I have been really jealous. I realize why I bicker with my siblings so much is because I realize I'm jealous of them. They've gotten everything from mom and dad. And I didn't realize that until I read James chapter 3, and then you sit there and say, God, you got to take this away from me because I'm tired of just bickering with them. But I have jealousy in my heart. Or many times in our family, it's I want to make it all about me. I'm very selfish. In my family, I realize we've got a lot of tension and bickering and feuding because I'm very self-centered. This past week, I was laying in bed, and my wife went to go work out, and it was Thursday night, and I wanted to watch some college basketball, and it's fun. Watching college basketball is a great joy, especially like yesterday about noon when two teams tipped off. Hey, thanks for wearing that Michigan hat upstage. That was awesome. But I was watching Thursday night, watching basketball, and we have three kids of our own. We're watching a fourth child. So we have four kids at home currently. My wife went away to go work out. And so it was just me and the four kids. And I put them all to bed early. <laughs> it was great. Yes, I admit, I was being selfish in that moment, all right? I wanted some me time, all right? I put them to bed early. I got three of them actually in their beds. And I allowed one to lay in bed with me and just fall asleep because I was selfish in watching basketball. But they're all asleep, nice and early. And I'm laying there. And my wife comes home. And she says, Do you, will you move Gabby into her bed? Now, if I was spiritually mature, <laughs> I would have reacted and said, Yeah, because you've been working out and you're probably tired and I've been laying here watching basketball, I probably could scoop her up out of our bed and take her into her own bed. But instead, <laughs> I responded, yeah, because I haven't put all four kids to bed. Oh, don't judge me. You've said things too. <laughs> But why did I respond like that? I was being so selfish in that moment. And if you don't be careful in what's in your heart, as James says, there is jealousy, there is selfish 
ambition. We will say things sometimes when you say something and you like can visually see the words going out of your mouth. You're like, oh no, come back, come back. <laughs> We've got to be careful what's in the heart. Because everything that comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And I, in that moment, I was just being selfish. So then you got to do the right thing. You got to say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. But James says, you allow these two things to creep into your heart. Watch out. They're not from God. So my question as we look is, if that's the case, James, how do we deal with this? If James is warning, be careful, your heart can be full of jealousy and selfish ambition, how do we deal with it then? Because I don't want this in my heart then. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't want it. So what do we do? Well, James goes on, and we're going to pick up in verse 17, and James is going to tell us, you don't want this in your heart? Then let's do this. James chapter 3, verse 17. And I am reading from the New Living Translation. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also what, friends? Peace-loving. It's what? Ooh. At all times. Not at times when you're in a good mood. It's in times when you're in a bad mood as well. And willing to what? Friends, what would it look like instead of being full of our hearts, as James says, with jealousy and selfish ambition, that you and I interact with people in our relationships that we have at work, at home, in our families and neighborhoods, that we walk around and say we are full of peace-loving, we will respond in gentleness, and our hearts will yield to others. In other words, I will put my interests aside for you. And I will not let jealousy and selfishness, selfish ambition creep into my heart. The writer of Philippians, it's not on the screen, I want to read this to you. The writer of uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfishness, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. And James is saying, don't react. Don't allow jealousy and selfishness to get into your heart. Instead, be peace-loving, be gentle at all times, and be willing to yield to others. Be willing to say, I value more than a me in this moment. And then he says, the rest of verse 17 says this, but it is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. In verse 18, and those we are, what's that word? Peacemaker. We'll plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Notice what he doesn't say here. James doesn't say, you're going to be full of love, peace-loving, you're going to be gentle, and you're going to do everything to yield to others. And by the way, that's called peacemaking. You know what he doesn't say? Be a peacekeeper. He says, be a peacemaker. 
If I was to summarize everything in this midst of, man, we bicker, we argue, we fight over some of the most trivial things in our lives. If I was to encourage you and take steps, how, do, how can I diss the bickering in this moment? It would be this. Stop keeping peace. Start making peace. Stop keeping peace and start making peace. Well, Ryan, isn't that like, like the same thing? No, 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 because all throughout Scripture, we're called to be peacemakers, not keepers. See, what a difference is, is a peacekeeper will come into a situation and try to avoid conflict at all costs. They don't want to go through it. They'll do everything to go around the conflict in their relationships. But peacemakers will step right into the midst of conflict that's happening, and they will go through it in order to make it better. Peacekeepers just walk around and say, stop, stop, stop. Just everyone get along. Just stop the noise right now. And a peacemaker will come in and say, hey, 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 I'm putting me aside. I'm in the midst of this conflict. What's going on in your heart? Let's really sit down. What's going on inside? And peacekeepers are willing to say, I love you more than my interests and my needs right now. On Friday, the kids had school off. Of course, all the kids are happy when they get school off. And one of my kids was just being a little more mm, naughty that morning. So you had to deal with it, right, as a parent. The easy way is say, hey, knock it off, get along. But I sat this child down on my lap, and I said, hey, I see what's happening, but what's going on in here? And every time I asked that question, they tried to deflect it, right? Well, so-and-so is doing that. No, 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 no. You're acting and bickering because something's happening in your heart. And I wasn't always like that. I had to grow and learn in this. And I'm learning and growing. What does this look like? Because times being a peacemaker is not the easiest thing to do. It's not always easy to step into a conflict of marriage and say, hey, honey, we have to deal with this because our hearts aren't right right now. Or sit down with a niece or nephew and a child to say, what's really happening in your heart? Or to sit down next to that coworker that makes fun of you at work and does everything to get under your skin to say, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm not just going to avoid anymore. I'm going to go out of my way and get what's going on inside their heart. Because everything boils down to a heart matter. It's a heart issue. But it's so much easier, is it not, friends, just to say, I'll avoid it. Don't drag me into that. And God says, no, 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 no. You're called to be a peacemaker. So today, this morning, I want us to go away with this in mind. Today, I choose what, friends? No more bickering, no more drama, no more family feuds, none of that. I'm going to choose to walk in the midst of it and slow down and say, get to the heart of the matter. What is inside of your heart? Why are we responding this way to each other? So friends, can we repeat this line together, this sentence? Are you ready? Today, I choose peace. 
And you may go around and say, but I'm a peacekeeper. I know that's, that's where I'm at. You can make steps this morning to say, today I choose peace. Today when I walk out of this room and I go back in my car and I go and just eat lunch, I'm going to start being a peacemaker. But you can't make peace until your own heart is right. You got to sit there first and say, God, it starts here first. Because we can't fix people. That's God's job. You can fix you with God's help. I want to close with this last verse. Jesus, one of his most, begins his ministry with this long thing called the Sermon on the Mount. Hundreds, maybe thousands are on the hillside, and Jesus begins to talk, and he begins with the Beatitudes. If you've been around church, you know the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor, blessed are this and that. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the what? Not blessed are the peacekeepers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And I don't know what dysfunction that we all have going on in our homes and in our neighborhoods and with family, extended family, at work. But what I do know is we can respond to people in a way that's honoring to God, in a way that brings peace. But it starts with you in your heart. Don't let jealousy and selfish ambition get in the way of what God wants to do inside of you. May we respond out of peace-loving, gentle, in a way that yields to others. It's not always easy, but we can make progress and steps towards that with the help of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I just want to thank you for your brother, James. And what an awesome letter he wrote that we still have in our biblical text. And I just thank you for this insight into what really gets in the way in our hearts that is not of you. And it's these two things of jealousy and selfish ambition. And God, sometimes we can be the most selfish people. I don't need to tell you that. You know that. And we get in our way of what you're doing so many times. And if it's true that we really bicker and we feud with one another on an average seven times a day, God, would you help us respond in a way that's honoring to you? Will you help us to respond in a way, as James says, that is peace-loving, that is gentle, and that always yields to others? God, it's not always easy to be the peacemaker, to go into conflict. But we saw your son, Jesus Christ, do that over and over. He went where people were hurting. He went to the outsiders. He went to those that were social outcasts on society. He went to the heart of the matter. And if we consider ourselves followers of him, may we do the same. But we need your help in the midst of that. So, Father, I pray for your spirit that it would just work on our hearts, work on our own spirit to help us be all peacemakers in all the relationships that we have. And I ask this in Jesus' name.